0: Welcome to another edition of Life Behind Bars. I'm Noah Rothbaum, the Daily Beast half-full editor. Joining me, as always, is my colleague and co-host, David Weintrich.
1: And I'm more like three-quarters full. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome.
0: Welcome. Uh, today's episode is about a cocktail that is – it's one of my favorite drinks. I, 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 I won't speak for Dave, but – You can. All right. Fair enough. It, it's The Manhattan is officially one of our favorite cocktails, and uh, – I think there's a reason why it's been so enduringly popular for, for decades.
1: Oh, yeah, for over a century, which yeah. is a good long run.
0: For anything, but yeah, yeah especially for a cocktail, though. Uh, and, I, and I love all of the, the history, the fake history, the, the myth, the lore surrounding the Manhattan.
1: Oh, this is a tough one. I mean, <laughs> for a drink historian, the great thing about the Manhattan is it appears and it's like everywhere very quickly. Right. You know, there are recipes. Uh, we first hear of it in 1882, like definitively. And by 1888, it's the most popular drink in the country. Wow. It really took over fast.
0: And even though with its popularity and its longevity, we still have no idea. Who created it? Right, not I mean, precisely.
1: No, right. which is amazing, considering how popular it was. Yeah. There are a lot of theories. Yeah, even at the time, there were theories. People <laughs> people stepped in to claim it, and yeah. uh, you can check on it. And you know, most of them either you get nothing one way or another, or they don't burn right. out. There are a couple things from the eighteen seventies suggesting people had started mixing wine into mm-hmm. a whiskey cocktail. Interesting. And by wine, uh, if you look at the old bottles of vermouth from that at that time, they said vino vermouth on it. Right. So that was it was considered a wine
0: back in the day. I mean, there's quite a bit of ink spilled, like in newspapers, all these different columns. People were writing about cocktails and spirits.
1: yeah, they had just started. Uh, the first beginning of of modern cocktail writing came with a an unsigned column in the in the New York Sun in July, 1873. Right. Wow. And it's this long column on bartenders and their work and it interviews a couple guys and it gives all their recipes and everybody said, Hey, this is cool. <laughs> uh let's do this right and so you start seeing uh, that column gets reprinted all over the country right. it's reprinted in like chicago uh new orleans san francisco every major paper practically reprints it because it was fascinating right you know everybody was it was a new sure. golden age of the saloon then right, right.
0: not unlike today not where unlike you, today where you see this uh, this sort of rebirth of cocktail columns and Wine columns and whiskey exactly. you know articles and food articles so.
1: so you start to see these newspapers printing more and more articles about this stuff, but by eighteen eighty two in one of those articles we we have the first reference to the Manhattan. A letter printed in several different newspapers who all paid a correspondent in New York. And this right. guy wrote, What they're drinking in New York <laughs> is this latest thing, the Manhattan right. cocktail. And he describes it, but he doesn't tell you who invented it or where it came from.
0: We're talking about the Manhattan, but we actually haven't talked about it. what's in Manhattan, but typically rye whiskey, later bourbon, sweet vermouth, bitters, usually in the 212. They area code from Manhattan, uh, New York for a long time. Those proportions, two ounces of whiskey, one ounce, sweet vermouth, two dashes of bitters. That's a standard
1: Manhattan, you know, the world around. The earlier one was uh, half and half, usually. That was a little more common, half vermouth and half whiskey. People said it was from the Manhattan Club, which was a club for socially responsible rich Democrats, and okay. r- Democrats at the time, they were kind of the party of uh, – they were kind of the, like the Republican Party today, very right. populist, usually maybe a little less uh, socially responsible and, you know, uh, progressive and right. sober about their uh, building society, etc. But they had a, a rich people who wanted things to run smoothly wing. That was the Manhattan Club. <laughs> they had a clubhouse on various locations in Manhattan. By 1890, people were saying, well, that's where the drink came from. You know, and various people who didn't know each other. It, right. it seemed to be the lore. The Manhattan Club's history claimed that they invented it. Their recipe was equal parts rye whiskey. They were famous for the quality of the rye whiskey right. in their cellars, sweet vermouth, and orange bitters, which were new. So that was kind of a new trendy sure. ingredient.
0: Looking at the history of a lot of different cocktails, you might be tempted just to say, okay, they claim it as their cocktail. That must be real. But we know from like the old fashioned, there's that yeah. club in Louisville. The Pendennis Club, yeah. which also claims to have invented the old fashion, which we know isn't exactly true. Yeah. So
1: I think the difference is you can disprove that right. and you can't disprove the Manhattan right. Club. Right. It's difficult. They were there. There was an article in from I think eighteen seventy four that mentioned the Manhattan Club as a new cocktail. Right. It doesn't say what it is. Right. That could have been it.
0: Even if the first one wasn't mixed up at their bar. You certainly can say they popularized it. Oh, yeah.
1: It was also it was the kind of drink that was in the air back then right. because the new ingredient in America was vermouth. Italy had just been unified like 10, 15 years before and had just set itself up for uh, exports. And vermouth had been trickling into America for 50 years both from Italy and France, the sporting types in New York started drinking this stuff partly because it was lower in alcohol than whiskey. But if you put it in a a glass and dashed some bitters in it, it had the richness of a whiskey cocktail Mm. without giving you like two ounces of uh, 100 proof rye.
0: (laughs) And I imagine at the time, some of the whiskey that people were drinking, it's not exactly the whiskey of today. You know, smooth, and you know we talk. No, it, was, it, was
1: it had some, some kick it, to it. Yeah, yeah, some of
0: it probably would be pretty rough and unaged, and or different ages, and you it's know, like micro distilled whiskey today. Right. There
1: was a lot of pot still whiskey. There right. was a lot of young whiskey. And
0: like today, some of it's really good, and some of it's exactly really bad. And exactly. I think that you know, obviously, people weren't buying whiskey by the bottle then. It was you know, it was being sold by the barrel.
1: For the to the saloons, to the yeah, saloon or and then they'd, they'd bottle it and it right, would exactly. know, walk out the door. Yeah, or or, or the liquor
0: dealers, or the flask or whatever. The whiskey of then wasn't exactly you know the fine upstanding product that we know today. Well, so. it depends on where you went right. also,
1: because <laughs> there's a record from uh, 1871 of of the sellers of Jerry Thomas's saloon. Like one of the trade journals sent yeah. somebody to look what they were serving in the, in the saloon and go down into the basement and look at their stock. And he had barrels of 10 year old rye. Wow. He had barrels of uh, eight year old rye and right. lots of it. Yeah. You know, that's, that's pretty, that's pretty yeah. old even for Absolutely. today. Absolutely. I mean, I, I would kill to have a good, Ten-year-old yeah. rye on a regular basis,
0: you know. <laughs> and needless to say that if anybody was going to have the good stuff, it would probably yeah. be the Manhattan Club would have. You yeah, know. and they
1: were famous for it.
0: Part of the reason why, you know, we see vermouth coming into a lot of cocktails is that it also helps smooth out, you know, exactly. grounds those rough edges yeah. of a martini or a Manhattan or, you know, all types of spirits.
1: By the 18, late 1860s, people are drinking a vermouth cocktail, just vermouth right. and bitters. Right. And you can look at the Manhattan as being a vermouth cocktail uh, stiffened up with a little whiskey, or it's a whiskey cocktail uh, sort of softened by, by vermouth. It's, right. it's one or the other, or, you know, it's both.
0: And what I love, you wrote a, a column a couple of months ago about um, Italy and Italian cocktails, mm-hmm. and there's a sort of idea that, you know, the vermouth comes to America you know, Americans, you know, adapt it to cocktails, and then the cocktail goes back to Italy, and that becomes sort of their signature drink is really one that came from yeah, came, America. They,
1: they, oh, vermouth and bitters? Right. We've got vermouth, right. we've got bitters, right. let's put them together. Right. oh. That leads to the Negroni, which is uh, vermouth and bitters, Campari, and stiffened with some gin. Right. So it's kind of a three-part split. You right, know, and again,
0: not, not that dissimilar. Yeah.
1: And Count Negroni had spent time in New York City as a fencing instructor and professional right. <laughs> gambler. So, And also he was a cow puncher in Alberta. So, you know, he had a
0: hell of a life. It's one of these things where that simple formula kind of becomes adapted to whatever you yeah. have. So, you know, we have whiskey here, you know, and bitters yeah, and vermouth. Yeah,
1: have the brandy version in 1880s. Right. The of uh, brandy, vermouth, and bitters is the Metropole cocktail or metropolitan cocktail. And, of course, you have... The Gin version, right, which is known as the Turf Club after a sporty New York club, or of course the martini
0: right, so it 's amazing, yeah,
1: and it 's all at the same time. these things all happen, and we have no idea precisely who invented any of them you know, there were some old right. theories: a bartender from the old Hoffman House Hotel, the fanciest in New York, in nineteen twenty three he remembered that, as he 'd heard it, the Manhattan was invented by a guy named Black who kept a saloon on Broadway right. ten doors down from Houston Street.
0: At least the last time I talked to Gary Regan, or Gaz, as he now yeah. goes, I think Gary or Gaz subscribes to that theory about Mr. Black creating well, Manhattan.
1: I looked into this, right, and did. it took a long yeah. time. You do find a guy named Black briefly in the late 1870s right. owning a cafe on Broadway, but it's a block and ten doors south of Houston Street. You know, over the course right, of years, yeah, all right. All right. And, Close enough. And, I'll you give know, them that. I, I went searching and searching for more info, yeah. info, information on this guy, William Black. It was very hard. Yeah. And I finally found a little tiny ad in uh, one of the New York newspapers that had his address at the right time. And the name of the saloon was the Manhattan Inn. Oh, So, okay, that's kind of interesting. Right. Wow. You can't dismiss that theory. No, no. That's quite possible. Is it proven? No. The Manhattan Club's got another strong claim. Is it proven? No. I think, you
0: know, going back to the fact that all of these cocktail... Are related, and the recipes are so similar mm-hmm. that it's not some kind of revolutionary idea. I exactly. mean, it's it is something that could have been made at various locations. By various people. At the same moment. You know, yeah. vermouth is a new product. You have whiskey. People are experimenting with it. So, boom, yeah. you know, there you go. You know,
1: somebody says, well, I like this vermouth cocktail.
0: It's right. a little weak.
1: There right. you go. Right, exactly. <laughs> you know, let me splash some rye in there. How do you like that?
0: What are these two things taste yeah, together like yeah. oh
1: great, and you know, there was the story that the guy at the Manhattan Club this was a story from the 1900s invented it because he mixed up two cocktails by accident, right? That's possible.
0: I mean, you told me this story, um, parroting it back to you, but about the margarita, you know, yeah, and, another one, possibility, and one yeah. theory is that there's a mix up in Tijuana with that yeah, uh, guy
1: reaches for the wrong bottle, he gets to make a daisy, right? Gin. Yeah,
0: you know, we see it today, right? I mean, look at all the different. Negroni variations, mm-hmm. you know that that people make. You know, they oh, we'll swap in mezcal, we'll swap in bourbon. You know, it's the Boulevardier. We'll swap in rye. We'll swap in X or Y. And it's, I mean, look, you're behind the bar, you're bored. People are want new drinks. You know, you want <laughs> yeah. to try different stuff. You yeah. run out of stuff. You know,
1: this, this is what we have. Let's you know, try there it. it. Is yeah. I mean, it's, oh, that's uh, delicious.
0: The sassy is the mother of invention.
1: I mean, and the beauty of the Manhattan is you take one sip. If it's a properly made Manhattan, yeah. and you say okay. You know, yeah. this is delicious. That's a, <laughs> that's a good use of whiskey. The
0: sum is greater than the part. Yeah, this. it really is. I, I think one of my favorite stories about the Manhattan is patently false, but I still love it. Is the Jenny Jerome one, where, you know, the idea that for a long time, you know, if you asked a bartender or cocktail expert or whoever, you know, the history of the Manhattan, you would be told this amazing story that it was mm-hmm. invented for Winston Churchill's mother, which. You know, we, I love this idea yeah. that, like, you know, obviously Winston Churchill is one of the, the greatest drinkers in modern history. And the idea that, you know, that his mother, right. you, know, you know, like the Manhattan, you know, they well, lay claim to that. But... You know, his mother was
1: a Brooklyn girl. Right. Uh, she was born <laughs> in Cobble Hill in Brooklyn which is a nice tree-lined neighborhood of brownstones and very, right. very beautiful. Her father was Leonard Jerome, one of the sportiest people in America. He had kept a stable of, of racing horses. And, and the, the reason the story arises, I think, is at some point, the Manhattan Club was headquartered in the Jerome Mansion. Union Square, uh, but that was long after the Manhattan was popular. It's like in the mid 1890s they took right. over this this space. They'd moved there from 15th Street, where they were, you know, on Fifth Avenue, you know, a few blocks away. And they moved into this 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 mansion, and it kind of goes through the game of telephone. And it's like Jerome had something to do with it. Who's the most famous Jerome? Jenny Jerome, because she married Lord Churchill. And right. uh, the
0: theory that it was created, they had a party for the then, you know, the newly elected governor of New York State. And the cocktail yeah. was created for that party, and
1: got all these details. Right, if almost too up, many. If you almost look them up, the details. problem is you start, right. as we say in the biz, yeah. chasing down the rabbits, right. and you see that this this thing yeah. just isn't going to work because, okay, there is a banquet at the Manhattan Club for Samuel Tilden when he's right. elected governor, and it's right around the right time, eighteen seventy six, right. right? You even look in the newspapers, and they report at great length about this banquet. Nobody mentions a cocktail, right? right. Which, and also, know, they right. wouldn't have even served a cocktail. That right. was cocktails were kind of not very.
0: Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices
1: the classy, right. you know, it was it was for sporting gentlemen among themselves. Which is hilarious before. because, yeah. you
0: know, now that we look back, like what yeah. could be more elegant and classy than a well-made Manhattan, you know? Yeah, well, champagne. Come on, you got to right. admit. Right, fair enough. You've you got to be there. there. That's what they'd have, yeah. Right. have then. Yeah, too, lots was, of champagne.
1: Yeah, they'd have lots of champagne. But the most important thing is when that banquet was held, Jenny Jerome was – in Blenheim at the uh, family estate, her husband's estate, waiting to give birth to Winston Churchill. She was like eight and a half months pregnant and, you know, in bed.
0: It's a great story. I love to tell it. It's apocryphal. A lot of stories with Mm cocktails and spirits. You have these beautiful, rich stories that just aren't true. You
1: know, it's funny. On Wikipedia a few years ago, there appeared that story with another detail that it was created by Dr. Ian Marshall, I-A-I-N, of the Manhattan Club, and I'm going. Why have I never heard of right. Ian Marshall? And I go into the Wikipedia edits, and I see somebody, you know, user number X Y Z right. five hundred and forty seven thousand right. two hundred and forty one on one day had just put that little thing in there, right. and you got, that had to be Ian Marshall, right? Because right? there was no <laughs> Ian Marshall in the in the Manhattan right. Club. It was like somebody was was pulling a little. Uh, right. But that that made it into books.
0: Really? Yeah. Wow.
1: Yeah. It's you got to be a little more skeptical these yeah. days about. Anything unless you can see the documents, you know.
0: It's like a forgery.
1: Well, forgeries are always popular because they give you exactly what you want. Right. <laughs> you know? <laughs> it's like, I want this story right. to be true.
0: It has everything that you'd want. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it, I mean forget Mr. Black, you know, in some yeah, nondescript yeah. bar. Yeah. No, you want this cocktail. This cocktail deserves to be created by Winston Churchill's mother. Exactly. You know what I mean? I you mean, know? it's the greatest cocktail. It right. needs the greatest story. Like, you know, <laughs> yeah. she's balancing the, the, the cocktail, you know, stirring glass on her, you know, her, yeah. her stomach <laughs> yeah. with Winston in there. You know, yeah. He's, <laughs> bathed in you know yeah, they're rubbing vermouth. her down with, yeah.
1: with Manhattan right it's a vermouth
0: and the you know <laughs> the, the the whiskey is flying all over you know <laughs> you know yeah. you know but no it's not no well, that's it's, uh, it's sadly not
1: true sadly not true can't be true but you know nonetheless the Manhattan through thick or thin it's been with us it had it had some bad years if I recall absolutely in the eighties nineties you would go into a bar and order a Manhattan and they'd give you about three ounces of blended whiskey yeah, uh, shaken with Oof. two dashes of vermouth from a crusty-labeled bottle yeah. and uh, no bitters, and then they'd stick a bunch of those neon cherries in it and mm. slide it across the bar to you. A good bartender would realize that it was lacking something, and he or she would take a spoonful of yuck out of the uh, oh, cherry yeah. jar and yeah. put it in there to balance yeah. the whiskey, yeah. and that's what you'd get. That's not good. Yeah, And, not. you know, there's reasons why they did that because yeah. you were trained from the dry martini that vermouth is toxic waste.
0: Right. The same thing with, the obviously, the very closely related Rob Roy, like people would pour in the cherry juice. I mm-hmm. mean, even 15 years ago, yeah. that was pretty common, I'd say. Well,
1: I had luck with the Rob Roy, which is a Scotch Manhattan yeah. back then because fewer bartenders thought they knew how to make it. <laughs> so I could tell them. Right. And I'd say two parts scotch, one part vermouth, right. bitters if you got them, you know, yeah. and it would be okay. But the Manhattan, you couldn't tell anybody because they knew how to make a Manhattan. Right. And if you asked for it one way, they'd still make it their right. way.
0: Even in the recent past, how many bars had bitters, right? So most yeah. Manhattans were probably made without any kind of yeah. bitters, forget nobody about it. Nobody had rye. Right, nobody had rye. If you were lucky, it would be a good bourbon. If you were unlucky, it would be blended whiskey mm-hmm. uh, American, lime, which is not like it's not, it's not like scotch. I mean this no. is it's
1: it's whiskey flavored vodka. I mean it <laughs> is. It's like twenty percent whiskey right. and eighty percent
0: vodka. And forget, you know, beautiful brandy cherries, you no. know, these, you know, you're getting the you know the the supermarket, you know, ice cream Sunday cherry. Yeah. Manhattan, you know, even fifteen, twenty years ago was literally one thing and almost undrinkable. Yeah. Oh and, and not to mention that most people were buying probably a liter or 175 of vermouth once a year. Yeah. Nobody would the refrigerate cheapest
1: vermouth, it. it would be American vermouth. Right, you,
0: you, know, who, you know, who thought about it? You just yeah. buy it, you know, as you yeah. buy like, you know, like detergent or something. You and, buy it the bigger the better and uh, you just keep it in your pantry. And,
1: and they thought, you know, the thinking was that it's like a, a martini. It just needs a dash of vermouth. Gin is pungent flavored, right. but very light in body. Whiskey has less top note flavoring, but it's it's deeply flavored, yeah. And that's just not enough vermouth to balance it out. All it's enough vermouth to spoil the whiskey, you know that, <laughs> and that's as far as it goes. <laughs> and and you, you get this bad vermouth in there, and then you get some cheap whiskey, and the Manhattan was not good. But
0: fast forward to today, yeah. right? And we, you know, we obviously have good, you know, if you like bourbon, we have good bourbon. If you like rye, we have great rye. Cherries, you know, plenty mm-hmm. of delicious brandy cherries that you can find anywhere. Um, for the vermouth most part, vermouth is
1: refrigerated now
0: vermouth people buy smaller bottles refrigerate mm-hmm. them we also have much better vermouth right yeah. i mean we have all these amazing vermouths from you know italy and france that we you know never oh, had yeah. before We've got
1: domestic ones that are interesting domestic ones and, and then, then uh, the big domestic brand of the 50s was good back then and then it went downhill uh by the, by the 70s because nobody right. was drinking it right. and they didn't invest in it. But but now domestic vermouth is sort is, of, you know. You, Coming back, yeah. Yeah, people are making interesting, not always good ones, right. but interesting yeah, ones. Yeah, absolutely. And then you get things from Italy like, you know, vermouth del professore, a little niche vermouth made by people who own the best speakeasy in Rome <laughs> and made in, you know, right. a tiny little factory up in uh, the vermouth country. And you get things like yeah, that. Sure. That's just kind of fun.
0: Or even the more widely available some of the Italian vermouths too. Oh, you know? Yeah. I mean, so Yeah, and, and obviously you have every type of bitter under the sun that you want. I mean oh. I mean almost too many. Yeah. so yeah. I mean literally overwhelming. You could, you know, have a whole cabinet just of different types of bitters, but in your Manhattan, what bitter, you know, now that we can choose from the yeah. the crayon to, palette of This you is know, exactly bitters. how I make my Manhattan.
1: Yeah. Two ounces of Rittenhouse rye. Or if I can find it, uh, Wild Turkey One Hundred One Rye, you know anything hundred proof, yeah. 100, 101 proof.
0: Because you want it obviously with the ice, and yeah. The I vermo- want it
1: concentrated and 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 you know yeah. I, I want some butchness in it, so yeah. to speak. Yeah, uh, an ounce of vermouth, I'm happy using uh, Martini and Rossi. If I have bourbon, I'll use Cinzano, the two main you know right. imported brands, sure. but I'll use other ones too. Yeah, I won't use uh, vermouth. I love Carpano Antica because that has that's a vanilla vermouth. There's too much vanilla in that, and that's all I can taste. And then I put in, you know, maybe three dashes, a little extra of Angostura bitters. Yeah. For me, there's still nothing better in a, in a Manhattan. Stir it, strain it, lemon twist. If I'm making it with, with uh, bourbon, I might use an orange twist because I like orange better with bourbon.
0: And the citrus goes so well yeah. with whiskey. Yes. Yeah.
1: And, and sometimes I won't use the cherries at all. I'm right. not a big fan of cherries and drinks. Sometimes I'll make it the old Manhattan Club way too, equal parts oh. with uh, orange bitters yeah. and a twist. That's lovely too. There's, there's that's an absolutely delightful drink.
0: I know from experience you like to shake the hell out of that one. So. No,
1: yeah. <laughs> Years ago for uh, Esquire, I edited their online drinks database, and I didn't really know uh, very much right. about what I was doing, and so I said shaken, and I still get, uh, I still get grief for that. <laughs> Uh, because I shook everything. <laughs> at, at this point, I think I the Statue yes. of limitations on that has, so because, has uh,
0: expired. You've 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 paid your uh, debt back to society for fifteen years. I've been telling people right. to stir it. So. Right, I think it's. I think you've. I have so. made up that debt. I well, I agree with you. I think um, you know any of the either of those two ryes, Ragtime Rye from Brooklyn, makes a wonderful delightful. Banana. Yeah. Bourbon Manhattans too, I think, are mm-hmm. sometimes you don't want the richness of uh, of a rye, especially in the winter. That nice yeah. smooth bourbon Manhattan.
1: I found the proof is more important than oh, if it's rye or bourbon. Huh. I did a big test yeah. years ago, and yeah. I got all the whiskey I could yeah. get my hands on, and I mixed Manhattans according to this. Sounds terrible. two one two. Terrible oh, it was an awful oh, day. Oh, terrible week. Yeah. yeah. I tasted them blind, and my favorite one was 100-proof rye. Second favorite was 100-proof bourbon. Huh. The 80-proof yeah. came after, 80-proof yeah, rye yeah, yeah. over 80-proof bourbon, but 100-proof bourbon over 80-proof rye for sure. Yeah, You just want that concentration of right. flavor.
0: For mine, I, I do like the Luxardo cherries, so the, mm-hmm. those beautiful cherries. I do like the vermouth that, that you don't like to use in your Oh, manner. well. <laughs>
1: hey, what I always say, drink how you like.
0: There is a lot of vanilla in it, but yeah. so, especially with bourbon, that's also like there's vanilla. Yeah, there's vanilla in the so bourbon, so that can be vanilla yeah. notes. Yeah, so that can be kind of, but yeah. it, it can be a little bit overwhelming
1: though. You need to use a pretty butch whiskey to stand up to it. I'll use it if I'm using like something like Booker's. Yeah, you know, and I'll yeah. do it fifty-fifty. Yeah, and then I'll I'll, I'll use fifty-fifty Corpano antique. Yeah, if I, or if I'm using, yeah. God help me, I haven't had a chance to do this in a long time. If I'm using any of the Buffalo Trace antique collection. Oh yeah
0: personally I mean I think with some of these you know you have really truly excellent vermouth excellent bitters excellent you know cherries that like it's no longer a sin you know to use good whiskey in a manhattan now I think it's you know it's a great use of whiskey yeah,
1: it's not necessary that's right. the beauty of right. of cocktails Years ago, Dale DeGroff and I, you know, the great bar legend and, you know, my mentor and all things mixological, were testing some bartenders, and we wanted to do a blind taste for sidecars. Right. And a sidecar is cognac, Cointreau, and lemon juice. So we made them one sidecar with cognac, Cointreau, and lemon juice, and another one with uh, California brandy, cheap triple sec, and lemon juice. And we shook them up, and we put them side by side. And Dale and I were tasting, it was like, you know... <laughs> There's almost right. no difference between oh, these. Wow. <laughs> it was extraordinarily difficult right. to tell the difference. Right. So, we kind of learned a lesson about what cocktails do, right. you know. It's I mean, true. there was a difference, but yeah. it was it, it was not it wasn't as much as you think. No, yeah. by no means. Uh, yeah. So, uh, if, if you get the balance right, you right. know, it's it's a cocktail. It tastes like a cocktail. It's true. There's no shame whatsoever in making an Evan Williams Manhattan. Oh, yeah. And Evan Williams costs $11 a bottle. Yeah, it'd be you know, great. And it makes a fine Manhattan.
0: Absolutely.
1: Yeah, it makes a great whiskey sour. I
0: think what's nice about the Manhattan is that, you know, even though it's a standard formula for them, yeah. you know, for most people use the same basic recipe. Yeah. You go to a place like, you know, the Ritz on Central Park South mm-hmm. to visit our old friend Norman Buckles. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. It's impossible to get a recipe out of Norman for the Manhattan. Like, I've tried. He won't Mm -hmm. give it to you because every Manhattan he makes is slightly different, right? So it's like a different whiskey, a different vermouth, different proportions, different bitters. So every one is just tailored almost perfectly to your own palate, which makes it, you know, kind of amazing and also just shows that... You know, even for a Manhattan lover, yeah. you can keep refining and changing up oh, yeah. all of the you know, your recipes, you know, for, for years. It's
1: remarkably uh, it's a capacious recipe. Yeah. You you can yeah. you can monkey with it plenty without yeah. messing it up. Yeah but you can also mess it up, which I've had <laughs> a lot of people sure. you know, you go to a lot of craft yeah. cocktail bars these days and there yeah. are a lot of eager young mixologists, some of whom maybe should wait a little before right. they're they're inventing their own versions of things. You know, there's some great variations. Yeah. There's a... Uh, what i call the the firehouse manhattan where you take a really smoky scotch like that oh, yeah. uh, Lagavulin or Ardbeg any of those Laphroaig and you rinse the glass with that before oh, pouring yeah. in your Rye Manhattan That's just a nice just that touch. little bit of smoke is kind of nice yeah especially
0: in the winter as yeah. the weather gets colder yeah, and you it, know.
1: It, and it's not going to like full on Rob Roy but, you know yeah. it's not a, it's not a scotch drink it's still yeah. an American whiskey drink absolutely uh, some of the newer Canadian whiskeys are remarkably rich especially you know we're so prejudiced from years of getting mostly bottom shelf Canadian yeah. whiskey uh, the Crown Royal expressions you've got absolutely. Lot 40 you've yeah. got Alberta Dark. Yeah. You've got all these things. Yeah, it's right. true. And uh, so those and, are... And some
0: of the best, uh, quote-unquote, American ryes are actually made in Canada, yeah. too. Yeah. <laughs> That's a different episode.
1: Some really popular American whiskeys are made in distilleries that were set up sure. along the Canadian model, yeah, like absolutely. the MGP distillery, yeah. which makes lovely bullet rye. That's In
0: Indiana. Yeah, yeah
1: and it's more along a Canadian model. Sure. Less bottom-heavy yeah. than, than some of the American yeah. ones. So, you you know, there's you have you have wide availability these yeah. days. There's many, many paths yeah. through, the, through the woods.
0: That's a perfect note to end this episode. I think we're going to go home probably tonight and mix up Manhattan. So <laughs> we'd know. encourage you to you know it. as well. Obviously, feel free to uh, use the whiskey of your choice paired with a good vermouth. It should be a great drink.
1: Cheers. Cheers. <laughs>